and last week we, we spoke about the fact that it can't be the season of all things new if you only bring some things to God. Um, and I really felt like that was a great way to start the series. But as we dive deeper and deeper in, into, the, into, the, into the series, it's just my belief that the Lord would speak to us and just confirm and remind us the things he wants to make new in our lives and the things he's about to make new in our lives. So I was studying my scripture and I read, a, and I, and I read about a story in Mark, which I'd like to share, and then we'll go home if that's okay. So turn your Bibles to Mark 8.22. Mark 8.22. And, re- and I'm reading from the TPT version of the Bible. Mark 8, 22. And it says it like this. When they arrived at Bethesda, Bethsaida, (laughs) these names in the Bible, yeah. But it's all good. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, begging him to touch him and heal him. So I read that, and I'm like, the Bible says when they arrived at Bethsaida. So that lets me know that something happened before they arrived there. They didn't just arrive there. So I was intrigued to find out what happened that the Bible noted the fact that when they arrived at Bethsaida. So let's see what happened before this, this verse even takes place. So I'm reading from Mark 8 verse 14. Mark 8 verse 14. And it says it like this. Now, everyone say now. Now. The disciples had forgotten to take bread with, with them, except for one loaf of flatbread. And as they were sailing across the lake, Jesus repeatedly warned them, be on your guard against the yeast inside of the Pharisees and the yeast inside of Herod. But the disciples had no clue what Jesus was even talking about. So they began to discuss it among themselves, saying, is he saying this because we forgot to bring bread? Like, you know, sometimes when Jesus talks, they're like, ah, what's he saying right now? Because we know he speaks English, but sometimes we know he speaks in parables. So this one, is he actually meaning bread or is actually, you know what I'm saying? So the Bible says that they are discussing among themselves. Is he saying this because we forgot to bring bread? Jesus said it like, like this, next verse. Knowing what they were thinking, next slide. Dion, ne- next slide. Jesus, slide before. Knowing what they were think- thinking, Jesus said to them, Why all this fussing over forgetting to bring bread? Do you still not see or understand what I say to you? Are your hearts still hard? You have good eyes, yet you don't see. You have good ears, yet you don't hear. Neither do you remember. Everyone say, neither do you remember. When I multiplied the bread to feed more than 5,000 people, how many baskets full of leftovers did you gather afterward? Twelve, they replied. The next verse said it like this. And when I multiplied food to feed over 4,000, 
How many large baskets full of leftovers did you gather afterwards? Seven. They replied. Then how is it that you still don't get it? So what is happening here is the disciples forgot to bring bread. And they were thinking, is Jesus saying what he's saying because we forgot to bring bread? Like, but Jesus is saying that if bread is the issue, yeah, let me remind you of things that I've done with, without bread. Yeah. When people needed bread, yeah, what did I do? I provided to the point that you even had leftovers. Not only once, he outlines two scenarios where they didn't have enough, but Jesus somehow made sure that everything was calm. That is, Jesus saying that if you think us not ha having enough is the issue here, let me remind you about what I've done. And sometimes there's going to be seasons in our life where we don't know what is next, where we feel like, okay, now that I'm here, like, what do I do next? What's going to happen next? I don't feel like I have what it takes for this next, like, I lack. But Jesus says, Jesus did not shame them. Jesus, the only thing Jesus said is that neither do you remember. Meaning, I want you to remember. My next point, my first point. In the season of all things new, when you don't know what is next, don't react, just remember. When you do not know what is next, don't react, just remember. There's going to be seasons in our life where we are not sure what the next is. I don't know where my next job may come from. I don't know how you're going to move in my life, Lord. I don't know how it's going to turn out. Jesus is saying that do not panic. Just remember what I've done. Remember the time that I healed you when you thought that this was the end. Remember the time when I made a way where there seemed to be no way. Remember when I touched your, your, your mom. Remember, remember. But many times, anxiety, it cripples our mind because we fail to remember. That's why the psalmist says that when I think about the goodness of the Lord and all he's done for me, sometimes the only thing you need to do in your season is to remember. Don't try to figure out what is next. Remember what he's done. And watch the things that try to cripple your mind seize power. When you do not know what is next, don't react. Just remember. So this is what happened before they arrived to, Beth to Bethsaida. So Mark 8, 22 said it like, like this. When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind, man to, a blind man to Jesus, begging him to touch him and heal him. Now that verse made me pause. Because first of all, this man, this man is blind. But the Bible said that some people, everyone say some people, those that he was surrounded by, his friends, they brought him to Jesus and they begged Jesus to touch him and heal him. This man was surrounded by people that were willing to bring him to Jesus, not only bring him to Jesus, but intercede for him. 
if he was not surrounded by these people, he could have remained blind longer than he ought to. But because his proximity, because those he surrounded himself by, were people who not only felt the need to bring him to Jesus, but to beg Jesus on his behalf. They did for him what he could not do for himself. What I'm trying to say to you right now is that what if the new thing that God wants to do in your life is heavily based on who you surround yourself with? Have we got friends that can intercede for us? Not friends that you ring and you talk about stuff that don't even matter in the next week. But those that you can fast, hold hands with. Those that can even pray for you when you can't pray for yourself. We need to surround, look at your circle. Look at those that have your ear. Look at those who you, look at those who you are in proximity with. This blind man, he didn't bring himself to Jesus. It was those that he was surrounded by that brought him and begged Jesus to touch him. All I'm, all I'm trying to say is this, if we're writing, let's write this point down. In a season of all things new, your proximity matters to your purpose. Your proximity matters to your purpose. And I'm not just saying that we need friends that can intercede for us. We also need to be the type of friend. <laughs> oh, you don't thought that this was just about... Nah! <laughs> you need to be the type of friend that intercede for others. The Bible says it in, in, in Psalms that he who wants friends must first be friendly. Or, or Proverbs. It's in the Bible, trust me. <laughs> Take my word for it. If you're, if, if, if we are asking God to surround us with people that can intercede for us, we need to also pray that we also become people that can intercede on behalf of, of, of others. Because there's going to be seasons and times in your life where it's, it's your community that would play a pivotal role in your advancement. Your proximity matters to your purpose. So, his friends bring him to Jesus now. And look what it says in Mark 8, 23. So, Jesus led him. Everyone say, led him. Led him. As his sighted guide. Everyone say, as his sighted guide. As his sighted guide. Outside the village. Everyone say, outside the village. Outside the village. I'm about to break this down in a second. He placed his saliva. Everyone say, saliva. On the man's eyes and covered them with his hands. Then he asked him, now, do you see anything? Now, there's a few things here that I need to unpack. Because this, this verse alone is loaded. The scripture says the first thing Jesus does is to lead him outside of that place. Because sometimes... <laughs> The environment that you currently find yourself in is not con <laughs> it's not conducive for what the Lord wants to do in your life. So before he does something new, he must first lead you out of the old. And I'm not only talking about a location in the natural. I'm talking about a spiritual lo 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 location. 
Sometimes he must lead you out of the environment of pride. Sometimes he must lead you out of the environment of, of self-sabotage. Sometimes he must lead you out of the environment of the need to be needed. For me, that was my testimony. He had to lead me out of the, the need to be needed. And many of us have this issue, but we don't even know. There are certain people that I've entertained in my life, especially girls, yeah? Let, let me be real. Who There was a pattern in my life where every girl I find, I found myself, you know what I'm saying? There was just some sort of dysfunction somewhere. <laughs> and it showed in the relationship that this is one-sided here. I'm giving, 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 giving then. But what kept me there and we, and we like to disguise it as I'm, I'm a part of their journey, like, you know what I'm saying? Sometimes that may be the case, but make sure it's God. Because you don't need to minister to somebody to date them. I'm going to say that again. You don't need to minister to somebody to date them. You don't need to date somebody to minister to them, so, I mean. But what kept me there was the fact that I feel like I can change them. Like, I feel like I can be part of the, the Holy Spirit. Samuel and I said, Samuel, there's something in you. You have a need to be needed. You want, you want somebody to say that it's because of you. My brother, sit down. Well. So here I am thinking, thinking I'm doing the right. No, he said, you checked my heart. I said, I need to lead you out of this place. Or you would intertwine yourself with people. I need you to lead. I need to lead you out of the environment of self-sabotage. Because there's opportunities I'm about to bring your, your way. And I don't need you to keep on saying no. Just because you feel like you can't do it. I need to lead you out of the environment of lustful thoughts. Because where I'm taking you in life. There's going to be options, and if you're not thinking rightly, and you're thinking with a certain type of your body, a certain, you, you, it will lead you in a place. There's men of God that have greatly. Because the, the, I can preach to you here, but if I'm still in environments that I'm not allowing the Lord to lead me out of, the, the gift, the Lord won't take away the, the, the gift for me. I can still be here and preach. But some the anointed men of God that have fallen, do you think they weren't anointed? Do you think they... Yeah. But because when the Lord was trying to lead them out before the platform, mm. sometimes when he's leading you out, it's because there's something on the other side. Mm. I need to lead you out of this environment before I can do anything in your life. So all I'm trying to say is this. In the season of all things new, follow his lead. Follow his lead. If he's saying, yo, it's time to put down the weed, follow his lead. Not only, don't, not only do I not want you to have a thing that holds you down, but really and truly you're spending money that you could be saving for something else. Sometimes it's not even about sin. It's logical. Wisdom. (laughs) 
if you're saying, yo, like, stop being shy, it's because I've lined up opportunities for you, for you that I needed to accept and don't say no. If he's saying, yo, like, forgive that person, it's because I don't, I no longer want you to punish yourself because of somebody else's actions. If he's leading you into a place, follow his lead. Because sometimes the thing that he's leading you out of, it may not even necessarily be sin. But it's a weight in your life. Being lazy is not a sin. Procrastinating, you can, you can procrastinate and still go to heaven. But what would your life look like on earth? All I'm trying to say is this. In the season of all things new, follow his lead. So Jesus led him as his sighted guide. Everyone say his sighted guide. Bear in mind, this guy was blind. So he had to, Jesus literally had to hold his hand. I don't know how he followed Jesus. I don't know how Jesus must have held his hand, but I don't know how. But the Bible says that Jesus led him out of that place as his sighted guide. Because just like this guy, he was blind. In our life, there's going to be times when we can't see for ourselves. We can see to the corner, but the Lord can see around it. We can see to the mountaintop, but the Lord can see over it. We have to let him be our sighted guide because we can't see for ourselves. Let me just show you how it looks like in the natural. Yo, Eugene, turn off the lights, please. And Dijon, turn, turn off the screen. The remote, the remote, the remote. Eugene, the light. It's there, it's there, it's there. There's going to be times when we can't navigate, where we can't even see what is next. The scripture is saying that if Jesus is our sighted guide, for him to lead us, he leads us by his word. So when the word says that his word is a lamp unto my feet and a guide unto my path, I can't navigate where I'm going. But his word. I may not know what's next for me. But if I know that he's my shepherd, I can take a step. I cannot see what is next. But if I'm led by his word, it becomes the thing that makes me take the next step. He's our sighted guide. In seasons where you can't see for yourself, this is what the Lord is saying is supposed to happen. Let his word be the lamp onto your feet and the guide onto your path so that it may, you don't even need to see the next step, but his, it would allow you to see what you need to do next. Forgive them. Pray. Fast. And by the time you realize it, turn, turn on the light. By the time you really, really, really realize it, the road ahead of you it just becomes clear because you've allowed him to be your sighted guide. This is what it means when the scripture said that the Lord, that his word is the light unto our, unto our feet 
and then I'm going to top off. Now the next thing, he placed saliva. I'm, 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 I'm not about to place saliva on anyone's face <laughs> because I've seen men of God get cancelled for that. <laughs> however, <laughs> however, this is what Jesus did. The Bible says that this guy was blind. It didn't say he was deaf. So he could definitely hear Jesus doing oh. <laughs> That's as far as I'm going to go. He could definitely hear Jesus making some sort of noises with his mouth. And could this be, yeah, why Jesus had to lead him outside of the place so that there could not be any outside influence about the way Jesus had decided to heal him? Because if I was there, yeah, and I heard Jesus do, and this guy asked me, yo, like, what's like, like, why go I like, like, what, what is he doing right now? And I say to him, I can't lie, he put saliva in his hands, you know. <laughs> me, as a blind man, I, I, I can say, yo, Jesus, it's okay, it's okay, it's cool. <laughs> like, let me just be blind. But what happens when we judge the method of our miracle <laughs> and tell Jesus, I don't want this anymore <laughs> because of the mess? Could this be why he led him outside of that place? So that there, could, there couldn't be any interference. Because what if I told you, my next point, in the season of all things new, the mess is a part of the miracle. The mess is a part of the miracle. And I don't know who I'm speaking to. And it seems like there's mess all around you. It seems like things are not just, like there's just mess. Could it be that Jesus is actually involved in this? Because the mess is a part of the miracle. But God being so gracious, look what he does. Next verse. I mean, go back. He plays his saliva on the man's eyes, and he covered them with his hands. Even though the mess is a part of the miracle, God being so gracious, he covers you in your mess. And you don't even look like you're going through mess. Not only did Jesus use place saliva on this man's eyes, he covered his eyes. This is messy. I'm going to use this, but I'm not going to expose this though. I'm going to cover you through this. The mess is a part of the miracle, but the Lord would cover us in our mess. The next verse is like this. So Jesus asks him, do you see any, 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 anything? And he says this, yes, he said. My sight is coming back. Everyone say, coming back. Coming back. 
I'm beginning to see people, but they look like trees, walking trees. Now, pause. Because I read that and I said, hmm. So the fact that, <laughs> the fact that he saw people that looked like trees, which tells me he knew what people and trees looked like, which tells me he wasn't born blind. For him to know that this is a person, this is a tree, it lets me know that that wasn't always his, his, his predicament. Something happened along the way that caused him to be blind. Because look what he said, my sight is coming back. Not that my sight is coming. Meaning he used to see before. But something happened, whether it was his own fault, whether it was because somebody poured acid in his eyes, the scripture don't say the reason why he was, he was, he was blind. But the scripture does let us know that he, he wasn't always blind. That he used to see, but now he's, he's, he's blind. But Jesus didn't care. My next point. In the season of all things new, restoration doesn't take into account how you got there. Jesus was not about to ask him, bro, the fact that you know that people look like trees, that means you, you were once blind. What did you do? Or who did this to you? Jesus didn't ask him because Jesus, he didn't care about how he got there. Maybe it, it was a result of his own mis, mis, mistakes. Nobody knows how he became blind. But Jesus was not interested in how he became blind. Jesus was interested in restoring his sight because restoration doesn't take into account how you got there. And there's people here that we condemn ourselves a lot based on decisions that we've, that, that we've made in, 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 in the past. That, oh man, I wish I never did that, man. But he did it. Oh, I wish I never. But he went. Show yourself some grace. You got grace for everyone else, but not for your own self. And we sit down and we think, but imagine if I didn't do that though. Imagine if I never did that. Now that's cool if if like you if 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 like your the purpose of that is to make you wise that next time you don't, you know what I'm saying? But to condemn yourself and to make you feel like you've blown the Lord's plan for your life because of certain mistakes and certain things that you, you have done. Restoration doesn't take into account how you got there. Stop condemning yourself and like you're playing back scenes. Man, why did I do that, man? Maybe because back then you were foolish and now you're wise. Why are you allowing the foolish seasons to still cripple your life and make you feel like you have blown the Lord's purpose for, for your life? If a Ryan, Ryan, Ryan was right, this point, pointing down. In the season of all things new, the next verse, the next slide. If you feel like you've blown God's plan for your life, rest in the fact that you are not that powerful. <laughs> and that is healing for someone there. Because you feel like as a result of things that you have done, the Lord can't use you. The Lord can't do anything with you. If you feel like you've blown the Lord's plan for your life, 
let me let me tell you in case you didn't know that you are not that powerful that God is not about to ask you because he's not interested in how you in how you got here he's interested in what is about to happen to you restoration doesn't take into account how you got there so if you feel like you've blown God's plan for your life rest in the fact that you my friend you are not that powerful Mark 8 25 so he asked him after putting the saliva in his face yo like can you see and the guy says I, 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 I can see trees and people and they look like they're intertwined then the Bible says that Jesus put his hands over the man's eyes a second time and made him look up the man opened his eyes wide and he could see everything perfectly his eyesight was completely restored. Everyone said completely restored. Completely restored. But I've got a question here. Because many times I've seen Jesus touch a person's eyes one time and all of a sudden they see. This is the only time I've seen Jesus touch his eyes it moved from 0 to 50 and touched his eyes again. It moved from 50 to 100. My question is, God, if you could have done it from 0 to 100, why did you do it in stages? Could it be to let us know? Yeah. Because everything in the Bible is intentional. There's times when the Lord can touch your eyesight and you'll be healed just like that. But there's also times where it will take a process and the reason why this story is in the bible is to let you know that the process it don't make it less good the process doesn't make it any less good that's even my next point in a season of all things new the process doesn't make it less good there's going to be things in your life that it will that it will take a stage not everyone has that zero to hundred transformation from Saul to Paul. That's not everyone's story. Some people would go from sleeping around every week, now it's every month. It don't make it any less good. But many of us, we feel like, ah, maybe it didn't work the other time because why am I still not knowing that the Lord is taking you through a process you've been addicted to this for 15 years it may not it, it may not always take a day sometimes it does let me be clear let me be clear sometimes but that's not everyone's story and don't be hard on yourself because it's taken a stage jesus done this miracle in stages to let us know that if there's a process in your life it don't make it any less me a process doesn't make it less God. Because if I was this guy, I could be frustrated. Ah, God. I can't, like, I can see, but I can't see. Like, it's, it's, it's blurry. Or he can be grateful for the fact that just a minute ago, I couldn't see anything. 
at least now I have something to even say that is blurry. So he could have been frustrated or he could have seen God in the process. And I really want to encourage somebody here who you keep beating yourself down every time you fall back into your old ways. And I hit, let me make this clear as well. This is not an excuse. I need to be very clear because some, some people will hear this and be like, ah, cool. No, 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 no. A genuine process is one that you can, that <coughs> is one that you're always moving forward. You're advancing, not, ah, oh, oh, I did it, man, it's a process. The next week, oh, I did it, it's a process. The next year, oh, I did it, it's a process. Next... No, that's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is if there's progressive steps where once you used to cuss out Everyone you see. Now you just have road rage. And the next time you, you don't even cuss anyone at all. It don't make it any less God. All I'm trying to say is this. God is still involved even if your healing takes a stage. Jesus touched this man's eyes twice, not once. There's going to be some things in our life that take state stages. So, he can see now. But look at the laughing that Jesus says to him. Jesus sent him home with these instructions. My brother, you can see now, but here's what I want you to do. Go home. Everyone say go home. But don't tell anyone what has happened. Not even the people of your own village. Other translations say, don't go back to that village. Because sometimes, when the Lord sets us free, our first step is to go back to the same environment that he just set us free from. And we wonder why we're stuck in cycles. Because if you've just been free from an area, why would you intentionally go back in the same direction that the Lord just brought you out from and you're, and you're wondering, see, some, sometimes I really want us to, some, some, some things, it don't really need spiritual, inter sometimes it's just, why would you do that? Why? If the Lord is saying, yo, I've set you free from left, now go right. And you said, you know what, yeah, I'm free. So let me go back to the left to show them that I'm free. Meanwhile, we just came out of there. And you think you've got the, 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 the capacity and the mental fortitude to withstand that environment. The only reason why you should go back there is to bring them right, to bring them to where you are. But if you know, yo, like, if I've just been free from porn, why would I watch things that have explicits? Why? Not knowing that I prayed for this for 10 years. Now that I have a week of freedom, why would I think that I can go back? No. There's a song by Jonathan Mc... Reynolds called Cycles, yeah? And the first bar to me is the most powerful bar. 
He says it like this, the devil learns from our mistakes, even if we don't. And that's how he keeps us in the cycle. Sometimes be practical with your faith. If you've asked God to set you free and he has, why would your next step be to go back to the very thing you asked him to set you free from? But if this is the year of all things new, if he's set you free, please don't go back. Because you're going to have the same year. Jesus sent him home with these instructions, my brother. I know how this thing works. Do not go back to the village. Go home. Go another direction. And that's my encouragement to us today. That if he's brought you out of a thing, don't let your ne- immediate next step be to go back to the very same thing. Because the goal isn't for him to set you free, but it's for you to remain free. I'm going to say that again. The goal isn't only for him to just set you free. But the goal is for him, is for you to remain free. So that's just my prayer today, man. That in the season of all things new, as we step out of the old and into the new, that all things new won't just be a, a moment in, it won't just be a moment in our life. But it will be now our life. So if I'm, let's rise to our feet and pray.